0: Welcome to the Vocal Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Martin Thomas. Join me and my guest speakers as we discuss their journey with their voice and how they use it to support their passions and professions in media, education, and the performing arts. My guest this week is an inspiring lady who I have known my whole life as she is one of my 26 cousins. Karen Parker is here to rock us with her wisdom and insight and tell us about her terrific job working to support families and help give them the tools they need to be better parents. Karen had a career in the police force before moving into education, working in a primary school for 12 years. Karen's life so far has thrown her some real curveballs. She's lived through the trauma of losing her first husband, John, while she was seven months pregnant and John was also a policeman who lost his life while on the job Karen has overcome such adversity in her life and made lifelong friendships along the way which she tells us about during this episode Karen uses her vocal freedom to help families in crisis and is a shining beam of happiness every time I see her I can't wait for you to meet her now obviously you know my podcast is called Vocal Freedom I do, and the the concept really is because that's subjective. What vocal freedom means to you, isn't it? It's like it can be. If I'm asking a singer, it's one thing. And if I'm asking a producer, it's another thing. Whatever. But I'm asking you now, as Karen Parker, my amazing uh-huh. cousin from Bristol, who's had a, you know a roller coaster adventure of a life, ups and downs, and 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 you know. And you still amaze me. I think you're one of the most amazing people I've ever met that has come through so awesome. many. No, listen, I mean, it was so you've come through some big traumas and some big life changing yes. moments, and you you smile every time I look at you. It's just like there's the... you're alive inside, and I love that. And my question to you, therefore, is what does vocal freedom mean to you?
1: Gosh. You just th- throw that at somebody yeah, I do. Uh, during the <laughs> podcast and. Uh, God, you know, um, I always think when someone asks me a question, I will go with my first thought that comes into my head. Okay, so my thing with working with children, that is what I try and give them is vocal freedom, because a lot of the children that I've been in contact with in schools and in my work, they're not listened to. And we should listen to children more because they've got a big, important voice, so yeah, I would I would say giving people vocal free free it literally is the freedom to speak and and not be ridiculed and not be downtrodden or not be misunderstood. You know, so mm. that would that would be what I would say. I think that's a fantastic
0: yeah. answer, and it, 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 you're so true. I mean, a lot of my inspiration for this, the whole premise of it as well, um, was initially was I wanted to produce a podcast for my students that on the whole, I do work with adults as well, but a lot of the younger ones I work with, I wanted them to like learn from the older ones. You know what I mean? Like learn from the yes. people that I get to yeah. speak to that have had the experience. So some of the professional people I work with have been on the podcast to sort of inform the ones coming up through the ranks. Oh, this is how I got into the business. This is what I did. Uh, this is my journey. And, and actually what I've learned along the way, cause we're sort of nearly 40 episodes in now is everybody's journey is completely unique. That there's never a straight line to success. You you have to kind of go round the houses, and that's what life is like, and that's why it's so interesting, right? I mean, yeah, it yeah. would be boring. I, I
1: agree. Uh, I would not want my my life journey to be on the M5 going up north and back down again. You know, I want to go all around the country roads and in the villages and out and in and out and yeah. uh, through floods, through floods and yeah, <laughs> you know that sort of thing that happened to you through life. Yeah, isn't it? it's an adventure. So yeah, that's it. I would say just you know. I'm glad I've had the chance to use my voice to try and not always succeed but try and be a positive person
0: yeah well you're doing that still and that's that's yeah. that's a massive legacy to leave behind and, and obviously yeah. with your with your um you know your successful children and and all of that as well you know you're winning at yeah. life Karen you're winning <laughs> I
1: feel as though I'm winning at life you yeah. know, that's a good thing to say you know and that's yeah. why I don't get too miserable about lockdowns and things like that because we will come out of the end of it. We and, will, uh, we will, we you know, I'm not, and in a way, are we going to be a better like, world for it? I hope so. I hope
0: so. I mean, you do see changes, don't you, in people. Have you seen have any of your friends really surprised you in like lockdown, like how um, they've coped?
1: I, what I've always said, of I've, I've always had a real strong value of my friends. When things have been bad for me, I've always had, I've had amazing friends. My best friend, Debbie, is a COVID nurse. Wow. And so, um, but how I met Debbie is a funny story because um, uh, Debbie and Rich um, moved into the house next door to me um, the day before my husband was killed. So they, they moved in and I went round to their house with a big bump, heavily yep. pregnant, and said, Hi, I'm Karen. Um, welcome to the neighborhood. And here's a bottle of wine. And here's a card saying, welcome to your new home. Aww. And uh, Debbie said, Oh, that's wonderful. She said, I've got a little girl and uh, I'm pregnant as well. Um, early days, pregnant. And I said, well, there's my husband, John, he's there. And and they waved, hello, John, hi, you know. And and Rich, her husband, said, hello, hi. That night he went to work and didn't come home. Oh, my God. Because he was a policeman. Yes. So so the day after, well, the day it happened in the evening, there was a knock on the door. And um, my mum opened the door and I was obviously in a terrible state and just a deep shock, really. Mm. And Debbie came in, put her arms out and said, we've got you. Oh. Don't worry. Right? Oh, my and she God. She said, that would get... we will look yeah. after you. And we are now 36 years later. And she's the best friend in the world. Oh, I we, love we, we just We just get on so well. And all our families have brought been brought up together that yeah our girls are like sisters almost sometimes you know and that is a true friend isn't it yeah. somebody who, who had no reason to do that mm. but but just embraced me into her family and um yeah here we are still 36 uh-huh. years later
0: love that i love, a keeper. love that absolutely yeah and they're all okay your friends are all okay is any of you had yeah much... my
1: friends are all okay some but, people have had covid some people have struggled through it yeah um I think the nice thing is we're basically all doing these um, every now and again, we'll do a sister shout out, you know, just say, hi, how are you? Are you OK? Yeah. If you're not, what can we do about it? We do Zoom quizzes and things like that. Yeah, I think we need think to we set up another one. We all went a bit Zoom mad at first. Yeah, and, a little bit. And then everybody went over it a bit. But mm. um, but we're definitely, um, you do find out who your friends are through adversity. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. So why don't you tell me a bit about your
1: company? What's it called and what you do? Well, um, I retired from education and I always thought that I would work again, but I never didn't. I didn't really quite know why or, or what it would be, but I always had a feeling that the right job would come to me. Um, and uh, I saw something on Facebook and my friend Charlotte, who's uh, a friend through the village that I live in, um put that they were asking for people with certain qualifications to come and work with her company that she was working with called always precious and uh i went and had a coffee with her and she said what do you want and i said well i have got a few of these qualifications you know a level three and uh, you know dbs and all the all the things that you need to look after children and keep them safe she said how did i never know this i can't believe it so she said um Let's have a little interview and uh, so cutting long story short I ended up going to work with Always Precious and um, the why I worked with them is because the, their ethos is so brilliant. Sharon who started the, um, the company used to work in a, a children's home and um, a lot of the uh, children were sort of 15, 16 and you know had had awful lives and been in and out of the care system and they were destined to go in and out of care leave care and then probably go in and out of prison or you know back into the social care teams with their own families and that and she just thought if only I could have got to these children when they were younger Mm. what could we have done what change could we have made to that path so she started Always Precious about must be about nine years ago now and we work with different areas of social services all around the um, southwest. Um, and um, social social workers get a bad deal, I have to say, because um, they're on hiding to nothing a lot of the time. You know, to the, they're trying their best to firefight with so many um, social issues. Um, and not many resources to get things done, and also not many long-term resources. So um, Sharon's idea was that we would be the the stopgap in the middle, basically. So if a social services have a family that have children that are at risk of going into care, um, that they then put in um, people from my company, and there are other companies as well, um, and we work with the families in their homes, So we work with them day in, day out. It depends on how many hours uh, they need uh, that the social services give us on a budget. And um, they can be short-term work for someone maybe who's just had a baby and has got postnatal depression. Or it can be long, long long-term work for families that have got a lot of needs. And and we basically try and keep the children from going into the care system in the first place. Yes. So it's a wonderful job. Yeah. Um, uh, And rewarding absolutely. and I absolutely love it I <laughs> can't and it was, say enough
0: about I know, it, and it and to me I, I hear you talking about it. I'm like this it was really interesting when you said I knew I wanted to do something else but I didn't know what and this sort of mm. came to me and I think well yeah and it was meant to be wasn't it it was completely yeah, meant absolutely to be.
1: absolutely um so yeah that's what the company is and that's what we do and um and we've got a great team of people that work very hard with some difficult difficult circumstances a lot of the time, um, but we're we're very positive about the fact that the families know that we're on their side. We yeah. are doing our very best to try and help them, genuinely help them keep their kids.
0: Yeah, So awesome. yeah. What an amazing thing to spend your time doing as well. I mean, oh, like yeah, you say, yeah. that rewarding. And I bet you meet some amazing people. I mean, I know you can't talk oh, about cases absolutely. or anything.
1: No, 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 no. With, but with the... we do, we have some... We, we, and we get some really, I mean, really close bonds with some of them as well, you know. And there are always families that you'll never forget, you mm. know. They've got a little piece of your heart, you know. so. But when you leave um, and uh, you move on... I'd like to think that it's not with sadness. It's actually with um, positivity because you can say, well, we did the, everything we could here. Yes. So now you fly. Yeah, you know? It stems back that Sharon, who used to work um, with social services a lot, had a very, very instrumental social worker who was her guru. And his initials were AP. Ah. So she always knew that when she had a company, she would name it something that was ap oh, wow. because uh, as a tribute to him so that's why it that's became lovely, always precious that's a lovely yeah. story i like that we do do private work because okay. sometimes um particularly with families that have got new babies in the house mm-hmm. and are really struggling um we we can do um private work with people with postnatal depression with anxiety with people who are just really struggling yeah um with bonding and things like that And it just might need a bit of TLC and help and just someone to say you're doing the right things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, because like you're saying, a lot of these families that find themselves in these situations, if they haven't had that positive role model from their own parents or grandparents or anything, it's really difficult to...
1: Turn yeah, I mean, these, we, you know, we grew up in quite a big family, didn't we? Yeah, we've absolutely. All, you know, uh, m- m- our mums were, you know, one of family of eight. So there's cousins and babies and bits and bobs all around our life. Yeah. But if you've grown up with, as a single child, for example, with parents who are a bit older, what experience have you actually got of babies? Yeah, no. no. You know, there's, there's no rule book, is there? You know, you just have to get on with it. But some people really struggle. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a fault mm. at all. No, it's absolutely. just if it, you know, I always say to the people, the, the children <laughs> I work with, you know, um, when you go to school, well, you can't read, and we wouldn't expect you to be able to read when you start school, and that's what school's for. It teaches you to read, and so we just teach you other things.
0: It's a great way of putting it, yeah? it's a great yeah. way of putting it. Amazing. I work
1: now as a family support worker, part of my role is to go into families they're vulnerable i would yeah. say vulnerable because for various reasons they may not have ever had any good parenting role models themselves they may have additional needs they may have children with additional needs so there's all sorts of reasons why my company um, go in and work with families but the basic thing that we teach them all is that children like boundaries mm. they like to know they feel secure this is, I can push it just up to here and then no more. And let's face it, all children are going to push it. Yeah. That's that's their role, yeah. you know. But uh, it, it does help enormously when you've got a routine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The acronym that was in this book that stuck with me, and I've sp- spoken to Phoebe about it sort of like, in years to come, when you become a mum, this is what, we, you know, yeah. you try this out, because it was very easy to remember and it was the word easy. So E was for eat, they need to be fed. A was for activity. After they fed, they need a bit of stimulation and activity, make them feel good. Then they need to sleep. And you they, it gave you cues to look for when they're ready to sleep as well, so you uh-huh. didn't let them get overtired. And the Y was for you. So when they're sleeping, you do something for yourself, or you go get food, or you rest, whatever your body needs. And it was an easy thing to follow, and it worked. Yeah, it was. It worked. It was just. It was. It was baby focused, but at the same time, you knew that your time was coming. So it. Did, I never suffered with postnatal depression or any of those difficult times because I. I loved being a new mum. I absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah. I loved my babies when they were. I love them now, but you know that. That nurturing and teaching them how to read and learn. How, you know all. I loved all that. And I bet you loved yeah, that I, when you were TA as well, wouldn't you? Cause you were working with younger kids, weren't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I worked in a, in a school for um, 12 years. Um, mm. I got really, I, I don't know. It's quite funny really. Cause if you think about it, my situation with my oldest daughter. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was widowed. Um, my husband died in a car accident and um, I was about seven months pregnant with my first daughter. She's called Hannah and she's 35 now. Wow. Um, and, um, so my experience of having a newborn baby is a blur because yeah. I was on my own. I think my mum came and stayed with me for two weeks and uh, I remember waving her off down the street and she must have been terrified to leave me because yeah. I was only about 21 oh, myself, wow. you know. Oh, wow. Gosh, I didn't realise I so, was that young. Yeah, yeah. And um, she she went off down the street and she must have been breaking her heart, really, thinking. Yeah. and I remember thinking, thank God, she's gone. <laughs> <I'm> liking- <laughs> I can get on with my life now you know and just, oh. <laughs> we won't let her hear this bit we'll trim this out the fuck no, it's fine. Yeah. But, I, but she was amazing she was an amazing help to me yeah. but you know you do have to get on and crack on and do it yourself you Yeah. know absolutely. so yeah but I still look back and on all those times I remember watching Live Aid with Hannah when she was three months old oh wow and um, sitting in front of the television all day with a three month old and just watching all of of live aid and Love thinking it. wow you know i'm always going to remember this yeah and i always have so even when times are tough i didn't get postnatal depression now i should have been probably a candidate
0: yeah you'd think for- so forgetting it but this is uh, i think it comes back to our blood type we are be positive we are be positive people so i d- i mean it's not It's not to say i've never suffered with depression no i have too. i have definitely. too, but but i sort of feel like as people maybe we are just more resilient
1: or i'm i'm um you know when someone says you are a glass half full person i definitely am yeah. um and i think when you have things that happen in your life that are sad and that you feel that are unfair you know why me why me i always think actually why not me mm-hmm. um because um, some people are going through horrendous things and other people like someone said to me once you know, you're always sympathetic to other people's p- points of view and plights. And I said, yes, because I think if you if you imagine, for me losing my husband, obviously, that is a terrible, terrible thing to happen to anyone. But to an old lady who's got a cat that she's had for 20 years and has been her only companion, her loss is the same, isn't it? It's different, yeah, but it's the same feeling of loss, you know? So... Don't minimize other people. I always say walk a mile in someone's shoes before you judge yeah. them.
0: That's great advice, um, it
1: really is. Yeah. And it's 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 easy to say, but actually in my work, it's also I, I I make sure that I actually do practice what I preach because some of the people that I work with, they've never been parented. Mm. You know, they've grown up in a care system that shifts them from pillar to post, and then they have a baby because I can see why, because they want someone to love and someone to be there for them, and you know, all the things that you can understand why a a person would have a baby in those situations. But then they find out that actually being a parent is really hard work. Yeah, absolutely. And they have no moral compass or emotional compass or anything to learn how to navigate through that. Mm. So that's what my company does.
0: Yeah that's fantastic mm, yeah. it's like i mean i in my mind i'm like you must just be like a really lovely auntie to all these people do
1: you know what I mean? yeah like, you know what i always <laughs> um i a social worker said to me the other day one of the families that i was working with he said what do you think of karen and she said she's a friend and i thought god i thought that's <laughs> going to be a problem because they don't like the feeling that you're friends yeah. with them. and she said but she's a professional oh good yeah professional so friend like, well,
0: a professional friend yeah. I could get a t-shirt with that on. that's I actually quite should. good isn't it professional friend <laughs> I quite like that yeah you should actually yeah. so you can imagine <laughs> that on your front I'm a professional friend oh, I
1: think I might get it on my my um business badge yes Cam Parker, professional, professional friends friend.
0: you know so I guess I mean you you bring your years of experience and you know training I mean so I'd love to ask you a bit more about your career in the police because obviously I knew that that I'm thinking to myself well you grew up with your dad in the force and I know from being you know I know from when I was little when he was on the telly I was like there's my uncle Malcolm," you know like around the playground (laughs) so this was your real you know your dad's on the telly and stuff and I'm like you went into the police as well so did it was that a natural progression was was he encouraging for you to go into it I
1: think um I think uh, my dad was my absolute rock. He was such an interesting man. He, you know his his life when when mum and dad used to have dinner parties in the sort of seventies. Yeah, it was all very posh. Oh, I'd know, love used to, hear to have that. a black forest Gatto Oh, of things course. Like that, you know prawn cocktail, <laughs> prawn cocktail yeah. Yeah. <laughs> brown bread in and triangles, it, and and um, and definitely blue nun wine. Oh, I remember wow. that blue nun. Yeah, I'm pretty be sure none. I've seen some
0: of that in my mum's cabinet as well at some point. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, and then my dad used to talk about his job and I used to sneak downstairs and sit outside the lounge door and listen to my dad talking about cases that he'd been involved in. He was a detective and I just thought that I want that. I uh, want to be a part of that. that. That fascinates me. And I think basically it also appeals to my nosy nature. You know? So, so, <laughs> so um, I can get, so it's like having a uniform to get right
0: in there and find out what's yeah, going on. That's, yeah. I mean, you're actually making it sound really appealing now. I'm like, that would appeal to yeah, my nature was, too.
1: And I've, I've always been a people person. So I've always wanted to do, be in a job that involved not doing the same thing day in, day out. Yes. And, uh, and it, it was a perfect job for me. I absolutely loved it. And, um, and so, yes, I think it's inevitable. I never, you know, I remember being about 13 and then saying uh, the uh, careers advice evening, what yeah. do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm going to go into the police. And they said, well, what, what if you can't? And I said, well, well, no, that doesn't, That that's not happening. I, I'm going into the police. Yeah. And what exams do I have to take to make sure I get in the police? And they basically said, you know, maths and English, it's pretty yeah. much... And I never varied from that. I always wanted that. I never wanted to do anything else. And then I left the police I, and I didn't want to. And that was a really tough time mm, for me because yeah. I um, injured my back um, quite seriously in a fight with a, a person who was high on drugs. Oh, God. And um, I had to leave the police. and um, And that was when I went into my most down depression time because I'd just lost my dad the year before uh. and he died of cancer at 59 mm. and then the year after I left the police and I was pensioned out of the police which I I'd always anticipated staying in till I'd done 30 years yeah and without my dad I think that was the that was the time when all the things that had happened to me in my past sort of came tumbling down and I did have about a year where I was you know really depressed yeah um but then I, I thought, you know, what can I do and how can I change this? And um, I'd remarried and then I got pregnant with Joe, my son, who's now 22. And um, and he sort of, well, you have to get on when you've got a baby, don't you? Yeah. you know? But actually, I really enjoyed that time with Joe because when Hannah and uh, Rachel, my middle daughter, were young, I worked full time, shifts, police work, you know, there was no part-time work or anything like that in those days. There was nothing. You either did the whole job or not.
0: Yeah, and that, um, must, that must have been pretty tough to work around being a mum as well. I mean, goodness.
1: worked, you know, I look back, Lee, and I think, how did I do it? Yeah. I have no idea. I, think... I can only say that it youth and blissful ignorance are...
0: <laughs> well, and also, I mean, it sounds very much to me as if the police was your, like, very much your identity and your purpose was sort of wrapped into that job,
1: so yeah, I can completely yeah. understand
0: why when that was sort of taken away for medical reasons that, that you kind of lost yourself for a little while. But I love the comeback. So, you know, the comeback story. Um, well, yeah, because then after? what happened
1: was I started, Joe started school. I had three, uh, four years with Joe at home. And that was the first time that I'd been a stay at home mum. And I was determined to do that because I really wanted to. I did go to college in the middle of that because I thought my brain was going to go to mush. So I did a psychology um, GCSE and A level. Amazing. And I loved that too yeah. because I went to college with all these youngsters and oh. I was just such an old thing in the in the class, but I loved them. And we got on like a house on fire. And um, so we all did our psychology um, a, uh, AS and A2 together. And um, And then when Joe started school, I went into the school and started reading with him uh well with the class basically just a mum that helps yeah and um and one of the teachers Wendy there who was the reception teacher said to me why don't you think about becoming a teaching assistant because I think you'd be really good at it and I think you'd like it and I thought well yeah actually so I um I went into teaching assistant did my course and that and then just fell into that as well. Um but I loved working in a primary school. I bet that must be it fun. is the best yeah. thing honestly Little... it, it, <sighs> it really is. It's such a hard job, and the teachers do. Well, I'm in awe of the teachers during all this lockdown. Honestly, I yeah. really am. Uh, I mean, teaching is the one of the toughest jobs at the best of times, and now I can't imagine how it must be. Yeah. Just... it's
0: yeah, it's very difficult at the moment, isn't it? Obviously, where a lot of a lot of schools are trying to provide for their kids online. Um, yeah. but then I think with they've the,
1: also got key workers and vulnerable yeah. um, children already going so exactly. they're having to do two jobs mm. you know but within the role of a teacher you're also all the other jobs you know you're the nurse you're the you're the comfort you're the you're not just the educator you mm. know you're you're the one they go to when they've got problems and they've argued and they've been upset their rabbits died and, and it's all those things that yeah. teachers do and teaching assistants mm. as well and so yeah, but it was I loved working in the school. It was great. So
0: you did that for twelve years, and I can I think I, I can remember that the um, around about the time that, that that was coming to an end would I have been mean, when we reconnected when when my mum passed away. So that's yeah, that's ten years this year,
1: and yeah. uh, wow.
0: and I remember then it was like I'm retiring and I'm. Buggering off to Barbados. And I'm like, okay, so, so what happened? And how did you get this affinity with Barbados? Barbados, by the way, is where Gethin and I had our honeymoon.
1: This is a weird sort of connection, really. Yeah. But um, my um, first husband, John, that died, Hannah's dad, um, his brother called, was called Tony. And he emigrated and went to live in Australia. Ah. And so he lived on the other side of the world. He was initially married, but then he got divorced and he met another lady. But he didn't tell me that he'd got divorced and met another lady. Okay. Until Ray, my my husband, Joe's dad, and I and the two girls arrived at Melbourne Airport after flying out to Australia. I oh know. my god.
0: So you got there thinking that he's with i got such there and such. Think-
1: with my children, yeah. thinking that we're going to stay with Leslie, his first wife, and we're in the car, and he says, I said, where's Leslie then? She's not come to... to... And he said, oh, well, there's something I need to tell you. I said, yes. And he said, I'm not with Leslie anymore. Um, I'm with this lady called Heather, and um, she is and I are engaged, and we're going to stay at her house. OK. Well, you can imagine. Well, you've travelled all that way. And what, I know. So what were you like? He, <laughs> he went out to get a pint of milk, then. Uh, In a in a store, and I looked at him, and I said, "I cannot believe he's done this." Well, I said, "We're going to have to stay there because just by this time, about one o'clock in the morning, Mm. so we're going to have to stay there overnight." I said, "And then we will get a hotel tomorrow." And you know, I said, "This is ridiculous." I mean, who is this woman? I don't even know her. (laughs) You know, if it had been me, I would have been fine. But I had a four year old and a seven year old with me, and you're looking
0: after the kids. Yeah, I get. Yeah.
1: So anyway. get to the house you know it's a nice house um and we go in and he says Heather and she comes out in a floral I'll never forget it. a floral pajamas (laughs) her hair looks like it's a parakeet it's all sticking up all over the place (laughs) and to be fair it still does okay Um, (laughs) And he said, Heather, this is Karen and Ray. And she said, Tony, get the beers out. Ah! And I thought, oh, Ooh, I think I might quite like her. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we are now nearly 30 years later. OK. And, um, and we are still the best of friends. Oh. And her and Tony aren't together anymore. But when she left Australia, when she retired, because she's 10 years older than me, she retired to Barbados. Ah, there it is. And so there is my, I always still, we, I still call her my sister-in-law, even yeah. though technically we're really not. Um, but I always say, yes, my sister-in-law. So so we've stayed in contact all this time, even though our husband's connection is gone, yeah. but our friend's connection has stayed the same. Oh, that's so, lovely. So that so brought you so together. I've got her card and I'll pass that on to you when you want to go to Barbados because <laughs> she does Airbnb there. So oh, does can, she? Oh, well, that was... So- <laughs> That'll save us a bob
0: or two, won't it? Because, I mean, yeah, yeah, we were looking yeah. at staying at the hotel where we stayed for our honeymoon and it's like the prices are just unreal now.
1: So, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. it
0: wasn't cheap back then at all. But, I mean, when we got married in 1998, we've, yeah. yeah, we've seen a wee bit of inflation since then. Uh, so, yeah.
1: Funnily enough, Hannah, my eldest daughter, is in Barbados as we speak. Oh, really? With with Heather or just... Have, with Heather, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, and what happened was um, she she went out on New Year's Eve. So she'd done lo- all lockdown and working from home all year. Yeah. And um, it, well, we weren't in lockdown. So she, she went for two weeks to work, to go to Barbados for a holiday. And then when she got there, we went into lockdown. So she contacted her bosses and said, can I stay here and work from here? And in the end, she wore them down and they went, oh, for goodness sake, go on then. <gasps> so she's she's working from Barbados. Oh, I love that. I always say that, you know, every single child has got their skill. Yeah. Now, we might not even know it yet. They yeah. might not know it, but that it's there, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So how is your mum? My mum has got um, dementia um, and it's quite early onset but what I would say is I do think that this um year of lockdown that the older people have had mm. has affected her yeah because her world has become smaller mm-hmm. you know and um, so she's still very active she goes out and does all the well not in the winter so much but she's got quite a big garden and she's a very keen gardener she does thousand piece jigsaws all the time and um That's she's good. definitely trying to keep the old cogs whirring but i have to say it definitely has i think exacerbated the bit of dementia before um lockdowns and before covid uh, she was incredibly busy you know she had a diary that she religiously would write things in so she has got a good muscle memory as the um, mentioner said for actually being organized which is great because that's not something that's new to her yeah she's always been like that but she would have you know um a, a she had a widows group. She played bowls. She went to the gym. She joined the gym, and uh, they loved her at the gym oh, because that. I mean she's you know she's she's eighty four now and Gosh. she would trot off to the gym and do it. She had a personal trainer. Oh wow! <laughs> I love honestly, that. You know she is a really she does embrace life. Yeah, mom, definitely. But um, but uh, like I say now she she's in on her own. Oh, I bought her for her birthday in November, one of the Facebook portal things. So that, um, it's basically like a tablet um, oh, okay. that you can like, we're, we're talking and looking at each other, but my mum hasn't got a smartphone because bless her, she wouldn't have a clue how mm-hmm. to use it. Not a clue. So, um, so we, bought to this Facebook portal thing and it sits on her desk at home and then you can just ring her and she presses the portal and then we can see her. Oh, I so cool. I mean, so that cool. has opened up her world a lot. Yes. A lot. I'm yeah. really impressed with it. You know, it was um, one of the um, Black Friday deals, but I have to say, that was money well spent really because... My mum lives an hour away from me and she's yeah. determined not to move. So it's much much better when you can see her physically and think, "Yes, yeah, she's looking well. She's all right." That scares. You know, Does she have yeah. people
0: coming in and helping her or anything? Is she No, 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 no she's no. She's, completely she's still really independent.
1: independent. That's great. That's in really fact, cool. the other day Rachel, my daughter uh, is contacting her and she said what do you want now <laughs> so it keeps ringing
0: and she's like, well, just leave me alone now I want to I'm want doing, <laughs> yeah. doing my jigsaw I love it yeah oh I'm glad I'm glad she's well at this time in this particular time in history mm. there's so much more anxiety around people mm. isn't there especially when yeah. you you feel I think it's how you perceive it as well though because if you perceive it that I'm stuck at home. I'm trapped. I'm in prison. You know. I mean, there was somebody I heard about recently who who um, who tested positive for COVID from someone they called it from at work who'd been out at Christmas apparently.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, was had their test and was told like, you've got to stay at home for the next. Um, I think it was ten days at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when that ten days was over, they came out. Well, I'm now I'm released from COVID prison. And I thought, well, it must have been bloody miserable because it's how you perceive it. I would have been like, right. Let's well, make this an adventure.
1: I I, uh, I had I just recently came out of a ten day uh, self isolation because I was in contact with somebody who'd had COVID, so I had to self isolate. And obviously, I can't give it to the families that I work with, you know. So, because um, I've worked all the way through, so yes. it's I'm still f- what they call client faced. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was quite posh, face to face. I mean, like face to face, basically. Um, and I've worn PPE equipment all the way through working in that, so that's fine. But um, so I had ten days where I didn't go out, and to be honest, I caught up on a few Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I. I you no, know, I had
0: a few bars of chocolate. I think that is, um, I, yeah. See, for me, if I, I mean, because, I mean, we, we have been, to some extent, isolating since March because of Gethin. But yeah. I think you can let it drive you nuts and make you more anxious. It, I think part of that is how much you let it in.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it, the only you know, thing I notice is that my sleep pattern is all over the place. Yeah, and I don't think I'm—I'm I'm definitely not alone in that. I know a lot no. of my friends are the same.
0: Yeah, and if I mean so, if there's no alarm clock and you've got to get up for work in the morning, you know, you can every day's a Sunday to some extent, isn't it? It's yeah, a bit weird.
1: Yeah. Do you lose fact, track of the days? To, I spoke to Hannah in Barbados yesterday and mm. um, and said to her, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're still working, so I'll just um, quickly say hello. And she said, Mum, it's Saturday. And I said, like, Oh yeah, well, sorry, I don't even know what yeah. day it is, you know, so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> my son does fashion photography mm-hmm. so he's always been really interested you know I do photography didn't I, I used yeah. to do weddings and things like that so um uh Joe pinched all my photography equipment when he was about 16 <laughs> and that's what he does now he works um for a company that does fashion online and so he does all their online pictures and blogs and vlogs and gifts and all sorts of oh, things that's amazing. So, I don't understand it all but um yeah he's very good Rachel is a document controller so she's working in nuclear power at the moment I don't understand that either and Hannah works in advertising so you know the adverts you see with Alan Titchmarsh and and that and that's my Hannah's done those she's done those oh that's amazing yeah yeah. that's so cool so
0: I mean it's I mean you've you've raised these amazing kids you know that have gone on to have these careers and they're happy in their life are they all settled now they've got Girlfriends, boyfriends. They're
1: all settled. I mean, Hannah um, was married and and then last year left her husband. And that was a big shock because uh, um, none of us expected that at all and it didn't see it coming Mm. at all. But since then, she has just blossomed and she's doing all the things that I think she thought she should have been doing anyway travel. She's been, she went traveling on her own in the summer. Wow. And uh, you know, she's seizing the day, I that's think. That's
0: amazing. I love um,
1: that. So that's good. So although she's not with her husband anymore, and I do, and I am sad about that because he's a really wonderful man. She said we weren't right, so mm. it had to change. Yeah. Um, Rachel's been with her partner, Dean, for about six years now. He's lovely. And Joe and his girlfriend, although he's only 22, he's been with her for four and a half years. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're all good. Well,
0: you know, look at they, you, they and just, Gethin. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we. How I, old were you? Okay, so I met Gethin on the thirtieth of May, nineteen ninety two. So next year will be thirty years since we met, <laughs> and I was still sixteen, but I was ne- I was just going to be seventeen in the June. Yeah, it was the end of May, and my parents had split up the year before. It had been about yeah. a year since my dad had left, and Mum had basically. Um, she couldn't pay the mortgage. So we were like, what are we going to do? And she was like, well, you know, maybe we could get a lodger. And that's what happened. And we got this phone call from this man from London called Gethin. And it was hilarious because when he rang, my mum answered. She put on her telephone voice, you know, like <laughs> you do. Oh, hello. Yes, you're ringing about the room. You know, I mean, literally just put on the, you know. Exactly what my mum yeah, said. So
1: it's a just, sister thing, obviously. Yeah, yeah, just
0: put on her telephone voice. And I was in the room. I remember this. She was sat in her chair and I'm sat on the couch and she goes, she said, okay, so she took all this information and I'm in the background going, what's the name? What's, don't forget to get his name, you know, because she hadn't taken yeah. anything down, you know. Yeah. So she goes, oh, sorry, what's your name again? And he must have said Geff. But he, she thought that she, he said Guess, as in Guess, you see. So she went, well, I don't know, do I? You know, Because she, she thought he was saying Guess. And, she, and then he was like going, no, 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 it's actually gethin. And then he, he spelled it. He spelled it G E T H I N. That's how you spell Gethin. Yeah. She wrote down G-E S S I N, right? Guessing. <laughs> right. So when he when he was coming the next day, or a couple of days later, I think it was, to view the room with his mum, with Alma, and they'd driven all the way down from North London, all his stuff was in the back. So what he'd said was he said, Well, I'm coming down, I'm looking at two rooms um your one and another one in Salisbury so is it all right if if I bring all my stuff and we do pick your room can I move in on Saturday and she went yeah that's absolutely fine well she was delighted just to get a phone call you know so Mm. he came down with all his stuff and she said to me right he's coming a Saturday morning at 10 so I want you to get up out of bed early now you better mind I'm a teenager I'm 16 and I normally sleep Saturday mornings yeah so she goes right you've got to get up early enough that you've got to have a shower do your hair nice do your makeup and I want you to open the door to him so that he sees you and you're all lovely. And then I want you to leave. <laughs> show him in, call me. And then when I'm dealing with him, you bugger off out the back door. Okay. So, I'm like, well, so I'm like, okay. All need to do is I'm told, okay, fine. And, she, and I was, she's totally pimping me out, Karen. She's, literally, was that was, she's, she's like she's pimping, pimping me out. out she, let me in. just show you my 16-year-old daughter and then you might take the room. Literally, that's what happened. So we met on the doorstep. I go, oh, yes, you've come to see the room. Welcome in, you know, welcome in with this mummy. And then I left. And when I came back in the afternoon, he'd moved in. So, <laughs> you know, I sort of came back and he was sat in the front room. And I was like, hello. And then we sort of started to get to know each other and stuff. So, yeah, we met. And my mum, lovely auntie Edna there, in the, at the end of June, so after he'd lived with us for about a month, yeah. And she said, but because I'm not I'm I'm, just, I'm not gonna be here um I'm I'm not needed here for a bit, I'm gonna go stay with Auntie Lynn. And so she left me and Gethin on our own for three weeks yes. with some cash in an envelope, you know, that's that's for your shopping. And she buggered off to Auntie Lynn's up in Newcastle or in South Shields, yeah, Newcastle with I remember them. and they went off, she went off on the coach on the National Express, and I was left with this man in the house (laughs) and uh and actually what was funny looking back though is that he there was a spark but I didn't feel it at the beginning because I just didn't I didn't fancy him right but we became brilliant friends Friends, I mean like the best foundation as far as I'm concerned for any long-term relationship is is that friendship bit at the beginning because there was no being false with each other or, you know, like people go on a date and they make out that they've got this or they've done that. And it's all BS, isn't it? We didn't, we never, we never had any need to BS each other. So that honesty and that, you know, that friendship that built at the beginning, that's what saw us get together. I mean, it was two years later, but two years later, we, we fell in love and got engaged and you know, we're still together. The rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. made some brilliant babies and um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's quite incredible, really, when you do think about the chances of that, the chances of our worlds colliding that day, you know, of him having, you know.
1: Have you ever seen that film, Sliding Doors? Yes,
0: yeah. See, I love that film. I love that film. And, uh,
1: but I was so yeah,
0: sad, though. It was sad as well. I was sad at the oh, end. Oh, I but... do
1: love that film. And do you know what? Let me tell you my Sliding Doors story. Oh, again. yes, please. Go on. So, so um, about two years ago, I was with some friends of mine down in Dartmouth at a dinner um, party in a restaurant and uh, sat next to a lot of people that I'd never met before and I said something and I said oh it's a bit of a sliding doors moment you see and the man that I was talking to Paul said he said oh do you like that film and I said I really like that film I said it's brilliant and he said oh my friend wrote it I said really? I said, wow. I said really? that's oh, amazing and he said yeah he said um, you, you might know him his name is Peter Howarth and I said, no, I don't. I don't know that name. And he said, did you ever watch... Bread. Bread. I know who this is. He was Joey. Yeah. The the laddie,
0: good-looking... He was the good-looking one, really. The older he brother, was the good, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. The older brother. With the, the poofy yeah, hair. The
1: blonde sort of, yeah. I yeah. Mean. And he wrote it. Wow. So it's just weird that how you have a conversation with somebody you've never met before and you bring up a particular thing... And then that builds a connection. Yes. It's weird, isn't it? I love those stories. It is weird. I love Although those I ha- stories. Oh, I have to tell you the funniest story as well. Come on then. Um, I've got a friend who lives down in Devon. And um, during in November, he um, he went to the um, memorial. Remember, remember it's Sunday? Remember it Sunday, something, sort of yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, so he was at the uh, um, service. There was only about 10 people there, because obviously it was socially distanced. Um, and the new vicar was there. So um, after the end of the ceremony, the new vicar came up to him and they touched elbows, as you do in these days. Yeah. And the vicar said to him, hello. He said, I'm Christian. And um, and my friend said, oh, so am I. <laughs> no, I am called Christian. And my friend said, oh, oh I'm called Simon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so he thought
0: he was like declaring his religion. I'm a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Said so. so am right. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, I love those stories, <laughs> love those stories <laughs> as well. Oh my God. They're too funny, aren't they? I know that we've got a connection in that we both love Brandy Carlisle and we found I this know. out sort of an accident at my mum's wake, wasn't it? I put yeah. a song on and you were like, you know her as well. And we're like, yeah, we saw her in Cambridge years ago. So that connection. But I'd love to know whose voices in music... Do you really connect with who? Do you really love, and who would you never
1: tire of listening to? It's weird, isn't it? Because it's, sometimes it's not about um, the actual voice itself. It's almost about what they say in their songs. And I'm—I think I'm probably a little bit like you in as much as the words mean everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to me, um, so Brandy Carlisle is one of my top top ones because I just think she's fantastic me too she's a wordsmith mm. you know and she puts that to music and if you've never listened to her, anyone listening today have a little try because she is absolutely fantastic yeah I love Dolly Parton I didn't know this about you I love Dolly Parton I just think Dolly Parton is um a, just a, a delight me too she's just I a do ray of sunshine have you been to see her live at all I've not been to see her oh, live, so no, wondering. and that is a regret, really, because I should do, because I know that a lot of my friends um, have been to see her many times, and that, oh. you know, but I, absolutely, I just think she's a joy, Yeah, and I think she's got a good heart. Oh, too. definitely, and, you and always that, get that. That always appeals to me um, when people use their musical talent. Um, for the better, for other people as well. Yeah, because Brandy Carlisle's like that. She did um, an album called "The Story," which we both love, and then she did an album with lots of other different artists, including Adele, mm. who um, who recreated the songs from the story, and she gave the proceeds to War Child.
0: Yeah, some. I mean, that. Um, those are the sort of heart... yeah, blossoming moments in life, aren't they? I think when you when when you get that person. Um, like you say, creating something that fe- like feeds back into yeah the collective And they're not doing it know. because they have to. Not at all.
1: They're doing it because they want because they want to. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I just think this world's got a lot of time for people that are nice. I know? agree. Um, I miss Freddie Mercury. Oh yeah, I know. I miss his voice. I miss his him voice. as a person. I I just I'm sad to this day that he's gone. Mm. And I love. Every song that he was ever involved in, I always think, what a voice, what a talent. Yeah. So, and I, I weirdly as well, I mi- I miss Kirsty McCall. But
0: when I was little, and I remember seeing you at one family thing or something, I thought you looked a lot like Kirsty McCall.
1: Really? Yeah. she sounded like you her. reminded me um, of her.
0: That's so funny. Like in the years of like New England when that was out, yes, I was little. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I can imagine that you. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: yeah. So I don't think it was the the gingery hair at the time. <laughs> Obviously, mine's now natural blonde. But um, uh, but yeah, I do miss her, and I just think she was a talent that um, would have gone on to be more and more and more. Yeah, and you it's know, just so. I mean, such a
0: tragic loss. Absolutely. Yeah, that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Storytelling in music has always been what's pulled me in. So it's easy in yeah. theatre. I love sitting through a show, being taken on that journey. You know, you, looking in that world. You, I remember
1: you, know? you saying, "I can't believe! I'm so excited! We've got tickets to Hamilton!" Oh god, yeah. Um, and I was, on earth is she on about? <laughs> I've no idea what that is. Never heard of it. Um, they had it on Disney Channel, didn't they? Yeah. And um, I went up to. Um, no, it wasn't. Wasn't this Christmas? No, it must have been lockdown. Must must have been before Christmas because it was in the summer. Yeah. Um, and I watched it. And at the start of it, I thought, mm, yeah, <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure. By the end of it, I was absolutely hooked. Yeah. Oh, the weird it. thing is, a lot of I'm a bit funny sometimes because um, when people are, when there's something that um, everyone's reading, I remember when everyone was reading The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo mm-hmm. trilogy. And I remember thinking, well, I'm not going to read it then because everybody's <laughs> reading it. So I'll just be me and be awkward. And then when I did read it, I absolutely loved those books. I yeah. thought they were fantastic. The last lockdown, I walked 10,000 steps every day. That's amazing. It made myself do it. Right? Yeah. And this one, I just got all my motivations gone out of the window. Yeah. All my get up and go has gone. I say that. All my I say
0: that sometimes. I say so all my get up and go has got up and gone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. And I do. I have times like that. I can relate to that. Um, for yeah. me, it, I think, I can get it, and I maybe. I mean, maybe you think about the conditions. You got back last time we were in lockdown. You'd been in Barbados. The weather was starting to get more spring-like, going into nicer yeah. weather. We're now in this lockdown when it's cold and wet, and you said you've got snow today.
1: Yeah, it's snowing. Um, I'm in Bristol, and uh, or just on just between Bristol and Bath, and it's snowing, but it's not. Now, this is a question: What do you call it when the snow lays on the ground in Wiltshire? Oh. Um, Has the snow what? Settled. Oh, settled, right, okay. Because there's different ways all around the country for people to say what the snow does. Oh, now, okay. In the, the South West, we all say it's pitched. Oh. P I T C H E D. Yeah. And um, I thought everybody said that. <laughs> so I said to my friend from Yorkshire, I said, oh, it's pitching. And uh, he <laughs> like, said, what? what are you talking about, woman? It's not <laughs> what's pitching. And I said, The snow, it's on the ground and it's staying there. And he said, That's sticking. Sticking. I said, oh. Sticking. That's ridiculous. It's not sticking.
0: Oh no, see, so we say settling, where I where I grew up yeah. in show, with, you know. And then
1: other, other people say laying oh, um yeah, yeah. and all different things. But apparently it is a purely West Country sort of Somerset. Ish, yeah, Anglo-Saxon saying Pitched. or pitch.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah, I've never heard it before. Never heard that before. Uh, Isn't that funny? No? Yeah, I wonder so what does your, your pitching. What, but did you, did you grow up with your mum saying that though? Is that like through the family? Because I am you know, I can't even
1: remember. Yeah. you have to ask your mum just... that question. It's probably from school, you know, Yeah, because I think that, you know, you probably pick up a lot of your um, vocabulary from your school friends, don't you? Did you a go bit to like, school in Bristol? I went to school all around Avon and Somerset area because my dad was a policeman. So yes, every course. time he moved, yes, we moved yeah, and um, we went all around sort of the Avon and Somerset area. So, so I was in schools approximately about every two weeks, uh, two years. Oh, wow. And then we'd get about two weeks notice and then we'd move again. Oh, my gosh. So. That's
0: Well, that's I mean, I can see that that might be a part of what built your resilience, because that sounds as if actually as a teenager, that must have been quite heartrending. Do you have to leave friends behind a lot and stuff? Or oh, you, were you... All
1: the time. And wow. um, it's funny, actually, because um, I, I remember saying to my mum and dad when I was young, if I ever grow up and have children, I will never, ever make them move home.
0: Ah. Um,
1: and I think it's uh, because it is a wrench mm. you know and in, in, nowadays I didn't think it would be quite as difficult to leave your friends and that because you'd have FaceTime and you'd have That's you it, you'd know, in touch. Um, social media yeah but for a uh, for children uh, you know I'm talking about in the sort of 70s yeah I just basically left and went and that was it yeah you know? um but like you say I do think it builds resilience in you. I can walk into a room anywhere and I'll always be able to talk to somebody and always yeah. be able to find a connection with people. Yeah. So that, that does help, you know. But funnily enough, when I did get married and settled down, I did buy a house and stayed in it until... My oldest daughter was
0: 30. I love what you do. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for your time today, cousin. It's been amazing to chat. Thank you, my love.
1: All right, darling. All right, I'll speak
0: to you soon. Have the best day.
1: Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining me on the Vocal Freedom Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll move into your day with a bit more vocal freedom, feeling that you can express using your voice and let the world hear what you have to say. Visit colchestervoiceacademy.com forward slash podcast. Sign up to be kept informed as new episodes are published and consider joining our online community. Membership to this will allow you to post questions to our guests, link you to show notes, social media links, and entitle you to exclusive offers from our guests. See you next time.